everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm here this week with the wonderful and willing to record under awkward circumstances, Mia. <laughs> Hello again. Yeah, so here's the thing. We've recorded this episode, or at least the start of this episode already once. We got 45 minutes deep into this, uh-huh. and then uh, technical issues occurred, And I lost 45 minutes of audio when we had to restart doing this episode. Um, Yeah, unfortunately, it's kind of like the busiest week we've had in quite a while. So We're we're both going away for like four days for different things. And I have to be away on a work thing the day before. It's a nightmare week for us getting anything done. So we wanted to get an episode done. But what this unfortunately means is initially when we recorded this 45 minutes of discussion of bismuth we had retter on the podcast with us who is now not able to make this re-record yeah. so it's going to be a me and mia episode for a while me and mia. mia and i sorry <laughs> uh, yeah, i make sure i get the uh, the grammar oh, the correct way around um today we have the 21st episode episode 21 of the crystal Clodcast. i don't think i've ever said like 21st episode that felt very odd yeah that's kind of cool i was thinking i only realized after we recorded that the last one was the 20th episode like that's cool yeah we've done a fair few of these so this is episode 21 of the crystal Clodcast. today we will be talking about episodes 98 and 99 bismuth episode 100 beta episode 101 Earthlings, episode 102, Back to the Moon, and episode 103, Bubbled. It's quite a busy old week this week. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, Bismuth is kind of the odd one out in these, not just for the length, but I think in terms of what happens. It's definitely isolated from the other batch of four in some regards. Yeah, like, Bismuth could kind of come after this, I think, or even a few episodes ago. Like, it's not super important where the slot's in, I think. Possibly, like there, there is the, there is the the thing that matches this episode's placement in that both Stephen and Amethyst right now need convincing that they are better at their what they can do. They're That's they're both true. similarly, like, unsure of their own abilities, but they're not currently actively at war at each other. Like they got over their fight, and they're like, look, we're both kind of terrible. Yeah. They both have low self-esteem and they've not yet resolved that by becoming smoky quartz. That's true. So like, I, I can kind does... of understand why this has to yeah, be there. Yeah, it does fit. Okay, that makes sense. It's, it's an episode that a lot of stuff happens in, mm-hmm. but thematically there's only like three or four maybe interesting points that all of our discussion sort of wraps around yeah, into. Yeah, <laughs> the first version of this episode we did blow through a lot of it didn't we yeah it is basically an episode of Stephen finds a hidden gem inside lion everyone mm-hmm. thinks this gem is good turns out the gem was bad mm-hmm. Stephen defeats it and is better than his yeah. mum there we go that's the business of the episode like, that's we? kind of what it all boils down to so I think we can race through yeah. several parts yeah. of this two-parter cool. so we start with the gems watching Stephen play video games mm-hmm. and they're far more engaged than they normally are in Stephen's activities. Yeah, like, if we think back to, like, season one, they were very disconnected and uninterested in Stephen's kind of hobbies. Like, thinking back to, like, Stephen trying to put on the um, birthday parties. Yeah, The gems are completely disconnected. They're just not a fan of his earth rituals. Yeah. And I, I don't know if there's anything thematically in the show that leads them to be more supportive right now. Yeah, or it's more like a gradual thing. Yeah, I don't know if there's any like trigger we've encountered that would lead them yeah. to this point. I don't think so. I feel like it's more like a gradual thing. They seem to be becoming more like his parents 
Yeah, they're becoming more of a family that they may not share the same interests as Stephen, but at least they respect and understand that like they need to support his interests and hobbies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lion is eating a shirt. Mm-hmm. Don't know if there's anything more to this or if it's just Lion is a big cat and cats like playing yeah, with Yeah, that, that was my reading. I don't think there's any significance to this. I think this is just Lion being Lion. But it, it feels like it's one of those things that like it felt like, is there something symbolic about this? <laughs> like what's on the shirt? What's yeah. going on? Like, like, it feels deceivingly like it might be important. Yeah, like considering the things in the past that we thought were nothing and have ended up being something. Yeah, I think this so is awful. just a nothing thing. It's but um, probably just a t-shirt. Stephen decides to hide the t-shirt in the one place Lion can't go, inside of Lion. Mm-hmm. Because that would cause a weird paradox thing of Lion trying to go inside Lion. Yeah, and this nicely sets up when we eventually get to Lars. Lars can't escape from Homeworld because he can't climb inside his own head. Yes, that would be strange. And yeah, confusing. this is our nice like setup and justification of someone with a head portal can't climb inside their own head mm-hmm. portal. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen climbs a tree in inside of Lion's Lion Garden, <laughs> and uh, thing. yeah, and ends up accidentally falling out the tree. The branch na- uh, snaps and breaks, and Bismuth is unbubbled. I like the consistency yeah. that this this gem has been there since the first time we saw this tree. Yeah, because the first time I watched this episode, I was like, wow, that's such an interesting looking gem. It's so unique. I've never seen that before. It's like, you've seen it like yeah. half a dozen times and just not cared. Yeah, it's always there. I can't believe I it's, missed it. It is odd that Steven never remarked on, why is there a gem yeah, bubbled in here? Like very like attention grabbing. It's not like it's hidden behind the tree or anything. Well, it's not attention grabbing enough for us to have noticed <laughs> before the business. That's a good episode. point, actually. So maybe Stephen, who also has to worry about holding his breath in there, just kind of has other things to worry yeah. about. Bismuth unbubbles and instantly she's scared. Yes. And the first clue that we get, there's a reason behind yeah. her being bubbled. And I think we both discussed this, that we both read this as like it. I don't know whether the episode supports it, but I got the impression that Rose specifically had just popped her. That's how I read it. I was reading this as a companion to Peridot's, um being unbubbled in the temple when she's like, when she finishes the sentence about the cluster, and obviously she takes a moment to realise, oh, time has passed. Yeah. And I, I kind of got the, the I, same I, thing here. I don't know why in my head I'm convinced that Rose was the one that popped her because she might have just been popped in some other scenario. I f- I f- in my mind, I feel that Rose and Bismuth had a confrontation in the Forge. Basically the same one that Stephen ends yeah. this episode with? Yeah, and that's Rose... kind of... That's the picture I have is that Rose popped her in the Forge when the breaking point yeah. was brought up and... Yeah, yeah. I I do. I can't see a version of this where Rose kind of everything was revealed to Rose, and then Rose was like, mm, "I disagree with this," and then later was like, "Hey, Bismuth," and just like popped her when she wasn't looking. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so Stephen eventually like leads Bismuth out. Um, Bismuth is very like calm and quiet and like, "Hey, little buddy, I'm kind of lost in here. Do you mind helping?" Yeah, it's cool because she's obviously quite a physically imposing character. She's very tall. She's very but muscular. Emotionally, she's very calm and yeah. she's very soft. Is the word I would use to describe yeah, her emotionally? Yeah, I'd say that. Like all the signs we get from body language here are telling us like this is she feels a good person. Yeah, she feels safe. Yeah, safe is a good way to put it. Yeah, I like that. Um. So Pearl and Garnet instantly know who Bismuth is, 
they love her and they remember her yeah. and vice versa. They're absolutely delighted to see her. Yeah. Um, I like that Amethyst is just like what she said, like, wow, a stranger. A stranger, <laughs> someone I've never met before. <laughs> um, I love Bismuth's line at the beginning where she's talking about like, Garnet showing the more boisterous moments, and she descri- she uses that turn of phrase, your ruby is showing. Yeah, we had a discussion about this, didn't we? About how it could be comparable to like kids and parents. Like, oh, I can see your mother in you when you do that. Yeah, it, it felt less like she was trying to dismiss Garnet as her own individual person, and more like, I'm seeing some attributes of this parent character yeah. in you. Like, I'm seeing, oh, that's some of those attributes. Yeah, I think that's a much nicer way to look at it. And that, that sounds right. Like, because obviously, like, Garnet is her own yeah. person as well. It's not yeah. like she's literally just, like, Ruby's controlling one half and Sapphire's controlling I, one half. I did have a bit of a giggle when I just I just thought about, like, using this as a relationship metaphor. It's mm. like, oh, so in this, like, gay couple, who's the Ruby and who's the Sapphire? <laughs> I, I am tempted to use that in future. Yeah. Just ask people that. <laughs> are, you, are you the Ruby or the Sapphire? Yeah. <laughs> which, which part of the lesbian <laughs> fusion are you? Mm. Um... So, yeah, Amethyst is completely clueless as to who Bismuth is. Like, she's never been brought up to Amethyst. Yeah, I think it's cool because we, as an audience, are in the same situation as Stephen and Amethyst. Like, we have to read who Bismuth is from the reaction of Pearl and Garnet. Like, we Mm. have no frame of reference for who Bismuth is. And we're so used to Stephen not knowing what's going on, but to have Amethyst also not know what's going on, like... She's usually trusted with information. Yeah, it gives us kind of like more of a timeline information straight away as to where Bismuth must have disappeared. Yeah, but also like more of a sense of like something's a little bit wrong here. Yeah. Like it sets that up very early. Yeah. Because Amethyst does have that line, doesn't she, at some point, yeah. where she says, like, Rose never mentioned Bismuth ever. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get there. It, it's one of the key reasons she's suspicious. Mm. Um, so we get confirmation very early on that Rose lied about losing Bismuth. She told Pearl and Garnet that Bismuth had been fighting in the battle and it, they'd gotten separated, and uh, Rose just had no idea where Bismuth ended up. Yeah, which, as an audience, we are immediately suspicious of, because we know that Bismuth's gem's been sat inside Lion all this time. Yeah, like, that gem doesn't accidentally end up inside no. Lion. And we, um, know, we know from the other things inside Lion that Rose clearly had been inside Lion. Like, and this was a very personally important place to her that, like, she, if she'd been in there, she'd have been like, oh, that's where Bismuth got to. <laughs> yeah, because, like, what else is in there? Like, the videotape, the t-shirt, like, it's just, like, personal stuff's in there. Yeah. It's not like it was created independently of Rose. Or at least yeah. it, it wasn't something that Rose was unaware of. Um, yeah, Bismuth gets kind of, like, disappointed, obviously, because she's like, oh, Rose lied about me, yeah. but she doesn't address this yet. Yeah. Um, she also asks where Rose is, and I think it's interesting that she's not angrily demanding to know where Rose is. She's very, like, calmly, sweetly asking. Yeah, and I'm not sure how to read that. Like, is she thinking, like... Because you would think that in her situation with what we know, having already seen the episode... Yeah. That she would kind of be very nervous about the idea of meeting Rose. So is she kind of like, oh, where's Rose? Inwardly kind of been like, oh, shit, where's Rose? I feel like part of it is... 
she talks later on in the episode about wanting or being thankful for a second chance. Yeah. And part of it might be, look, as long as I'm nice and I don't bring up the breaking point, maybe Rose will just let me let me be again. And oh, yeah, possibly. I could that's, that. that's a maybe thought. Yeah. Um, so... Bismuth is told that Stephen is is Rose, and mm. uh, Bismuth gets quite sad that Rose doesn't remember her. Yeah, it's interesting that she clearly doesn't quite understand what Stephen is, but she respects and rolls with the fact of like, okay, this is someone different. Fair enough, I'll go along with this. It's mm. it's very different to like Jasper, for instance, who is just insistent on calling Stephen yeah. Rose at every single opportunity. It, Bismuth only needs to be told once and go, oh, would you look at that? That's yeah. that's that gem, but you're not you? Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we get, we get told about some crystal gems that we've not seen. Mm-hmm. And we looked this up during the last recording of this <laughs> section. Um, Crazy Lace, who yep. we both initially misheard as Crazy Legs. <laughs> yeah, I because I mentioned, like, when I first watched it, I heard Legs, wrote down Legs. And then the second mention, I was like, where, is it Lace now? Like, which yeah. is it? <laughs> so Crazy Space Lace mm-hmm. is a gem. It is an agate, was yes, it? It's yes, it's an agate, yeah. Um, Crazy Lace is a type of agate. Biggs, B-I-G-G-S, seems to maybe be one of the uh, corrupted gem monsters. Yeah, yeah. And Snowflake is a... Obsidian? Obsidian. It's a black obsidian with, like, white snowflake-ish yeah. patterns in it. Mm. So it's it's interesting to know they had an agate on their team. It is. If nothing else, that's like, oh, that's a gem we it, find out about yeah, later. Yeah, like it takes a while, but we, we know what an agate is. We have yeah. context for agates. We have no context for... Uh, What's the black one? Uh, the the you just um, snowflake. Snowflake, the, yeah. Uh, what what type of stone did you uh, say that obsidian? was? Obsidian. Yeah, we've never seen an obsidian no. gem. See, that sounds. Just, I think obsidian. It's like it's black. It's dark. I'm like, now just picturing just, emo gem. Yeah, I think it's just like the shadow of the hedgehog of the crystal gems. Um, when googling this, I saw a lot of um, slightly emo OC <laughs> original Lots art. Lots of red eyes of, uh, and, and black. Of, and yeah, of snowflake. Okay. Because um, we had the discussion, didn't we, like, before we looked it up, that these sounded like... Nicknames? Yeah. But, as opposed to actual gem but titles? But seemingly not. So, like, does... I don't know. Like, I'm still not entirely sure on that. So, Crazy Lace is a type of agar. Is that in the sense that, for instance, Jasper and Amethyst are both quartz, but are different types of I believe so. Or... So, yeah, so like, are there types of crazy lace? I was crazy lace. Uh, one yeah, of the kind I think agate. crazy lace is a type of agate. Yeah. As opposed to, it's like agates are a race, but like, I, I feel like it's the difference between like Jasper and Amethyst in that they're both essentially meant to be the same thing in different colours. Yeah, okay, I, I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Like different colours, different patterns, but at their core, they're meant to be the same thing. Yeah, so for instance, there could be obsidian gems, but then Snowflake could be a, a type of obsidian. So maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe Snowflake, like, she might look slightly different and like she's taller or something, but she's still kind of the same as the yeah, obsidian. Exactly. Cool. Um, Bismuth learns that she's been frozen in that bubble for 5,000 years and that the war was lost. Yep. And she is adamant that she could have won the war if she'd been able like, yeah. able to fight, which is a clear allusion to when we get to the breaking point. She like, has a... She wanted to single-handedly murder an army. Mm-hmm, 
Because uh-huh. like, we talked about it, didn't we? Like, it's interesting because she's not seeing her missing the war in a selfish point of view. It's almost like, oh, I, if I was there, I could have helped. I could mm. have, like, made a difference. Yeah, and this all just breeds into this this idea that, like, Rose's decision to not let her use the breaking point was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Because if I'd been allowed to use it, maybe Crazy Lace, Biggs and Snowflake would still be here. Yeah, exactly. She believes that her plan is entirely justified and Rose has made a mistake. Yeah. So we find out that Bismuth is a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a really fucking badass blacksmith. Yeah, you get the kind of like guitars in the background. Bathe in lava. Yeah. In, in like magma. <laughs> She seems very at home in the forge. Yeah. We see her really like, happy. She's very comfortable. She's, she's also very comfortable with like functional... Um... Weapons? No, uh, transforming her shape. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I can't remember. Like shape-shifting? Shape-shifting, yeah. that's the one. Functional <laughs> shape-shifting. Like, she's very happy to just turn her hands into giant fists, uh, like yeah. Uh, hammers. Yeah. So, a bit more towards Amethyst on the spectrum of uh, shapeshifting. Yeah. The show, at this point, is hard-selling Bismuth as a trusted hero. Yes. They do this through Amethyst as well, don't they? Yeah, because she, she makes... Uh, she she already had made and pre- presents to Pearl and Garnet a trident and knuckle dusters. Um, Amethyst is still not sold. She's very like, oh, you made the uh, Bismuth. Uh, being a synonym for business joke twice in a row, yes, you know, a little bit like. Mm. Um, she's suspicious with Stephen, and they're both there, like, uh, uh, you know, why did Rose never mention Bismuth? Yeah. And then Bismuth does like the one thing that Amethyst needed to get totally on board with mm-hmm. her, which is, you are special. Not every Amethyst can make a whip like this. And suddenly Amethyst is like, oh, reassurance <laughs> that I'm good and that I'm better than some yeah. Amethysts. And then she's given the, the mace flail and she's just like, yeah, my trust has been purchased. Mm, it's exactly what she needs to hear at the time. Yeah. All she wants to hear, that it's, she's special. You're special. You're better than some gems of your type. Here's something to make you even better and stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I so, like that we also get a bit of information about the... So Bismuth was the blacksmith of the Crystal Gems, but her intended role was like a builder. Yeah, she was meant to be forging things for like construction pylons and like yeah, metal like, girders for making buildings. Yeah, because and... they talk about like the spires and like, it seems that like maybe if Paradox were engineers and designers maybe, then Bismuth were the ones doing the actual The manual labour, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's cool because it's... She's obviously doing a different role, but it's similar to what she was doing. Yeah, because we get there shortly. Uh, she's very reassured by Rose that it's okay to go outside of her intended purpose yeah. and to be something else, yeah. um, which is probably worth talking about when we get to yeah. that, that bit. Um, we get a We get a montage of... Bismuth enjoying Earth rituals with Steven and the gang. Yeah, because it's... When this montage starts, I initially thought, oh, is this Bismuth struggling to kind of fit in? But Not like, in the slightest. No, very quickly. It's like, I oh, know she's adapting quite well. They're, like, making pizza together. They're watching some anime. Yeah, it really does a lot to tell us, like, oh, Bismuth is now back as part of the Crystal Gems. Everyone's a family. 
this and this can definitely that? last and is stable and there's yeah. nothing that's going to ruin this. No, no, this isn't just a one episode character or anything like that. Yeah. Um, Bismuth is kind of upset at the end of this montage that she didn't get a chance to spar with Stephen and Stephen's like, look, most of my stuff is defensive. Oh, other than this, and pulls out Rose's sword. Mm. And we get the confirmation here that Rose's sword was made by Bismuth. It's a physical single item yeah. as opposed to a gem projection, light projection Yeah, weapon. because Bismuth does make that point of saying that every weapon or piece of armour that isn't a light projection was made by her. Yeah. But then, so obviously when Pearl pulls out her spear, that's Pearl making it. Yeah. But like... The armour that we saw, like, a long time ago, was yeah. that something that Bismuth made? Presumably so, yeah. yeah. Um, Rose Quartz was made on Earth. Now, this <laughs> is something we disagree about a yeah. little bit. Um, I don't have the transcript in front of me now, but it basically says um, she was a Rose Quartz, just like all the other Quartz soldiers made, made uh, right here in the dirt. Yeah, I take a less literal interpretation of right here in the dirt i'm not like yeah i'm not like gonna die by this theory or anything <laughs> like i could be wrong like sure um but just what we saw with um like the flashback of like blue diamond coming to earth and it seeming like the tomewell gems weren't really established on earth very much at all and rose was clearly there with pearl and i don't know i just took that my, to be the yeah so here's here's my mental timeline for all of this sure. is um, Pink Diamond comes to Earth. It's her first colony. She creates the Rose Quartz soldiers. Uh, the Rose Quartz we know kills Pink Diamond. After this, Blue Diamond comes to Earth because uh, after Pink Diamond's death, Earth ends up becoming Blue Diamond's colony. Mm. Um, and that's when the war starts. And I'm assuming that's where like the flashback we see of um, of Rose Quartz attacking like Blue Diamond while Blue Diamond's around and meeting yeah. Garnet is after Pink Diamond's already been shattered, perhaps? I could see that. The The thing that, like, changes it for me a bit is I feel, I mean, it could be wrong, but I feel like once the gem war started, it took place entirely on Earth. Yeah, I'm also realising that Garnet seems like she was around for Pink Diamond's shattering. Okay, ignore that order, you know. It, she she could one. have left Earth to, like, Blue Diamond was clearly at some point near Earth yeah. anyway because Garnet was able to fall off of that Blue Diamond platform to Earth. Mm. So, you know, I I don't know. The the made here right in the dirt to me suggests she was made on Earth. Yeah, which I think it's entirely valid. I, yeah. I like the idea of that because it, it brings her reasoning for being so positive about Earth to being very in line with amethysts. Yeah. Where it's like this, I will... Uh, I, I will fight for the world I was made in. The earth is everything I've ever known. Like this idea of, you know, this place is beautiful because it made me. And That makes sense. See, I, I read it slightly different in that I see it as that um, Rose has kind of been around the galaxy, seen all these places, seen like grown up on Homeworld and then gets to earth and is like, ooh, this place is special. This place is different. And I, that's what she wants to fight for. I don't know. I, I like the thought mainly just because I started thinking down this tangent and I really love the thought that maybe because Amethyst has the same motivations for fighting as Rose did that she that we could see a character growth of Amethyst eventually ending up leader of the Crystal Gems. Ah, that would be really cool. Because if she's got the same motivations and she's here for the same reasons fighting for the same things, same goals, she yeah. could end up 
she also very much understands the importance of positive reinforcement and why it's important to build people up and tell them they can be whatever they want to be because she's struggled with not feeling like she's good enough. And That would be a really I, nice character arc. I could her. see a really nice character arc of her having similar motivations for protecting Earth and ending up in a very similar position of giving reassurance to gems that they can be whatever they want to be. I would like that. Yeah. Pretty good. So there you go. That's that's why I think that made right here on in the dirt s- right. is about rose quartz yeah. being made on earth. Okay. Um, <laughs> um I told them that's yeah. where we are now in the episode. Um, gems, <laughs> like such an interesting okay. discussion. Uh, Bismuth says, Gems never hear we can be anything other than what we were made to be. Mm. But Rose opened our eyes. Yeah. And this is that whole thing that comes up time and time again of what made Rose such a strong leader of armies is that she inspired loyalty by telling people, don't just do what you're told to do. You can do so much more. Do what you want to do. Do what you're good at. And you'll find your place. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's one of the strongest themes of the show. I also like how it kind of ties into something in this episode um, that Retta mentioned. Um, when she was saying that the idea that Garnet and Bismuth apparently took on two battalions by themselves. Yeah. And they were saying that one um, kind of thing that could explain that is that Bismuth is probably the very first Bismuth that ever actually fought on the front lines. Because mm. presumably every single other Bismuth just builds the structures and then that's it. They go on to the next job. Yeah, that armor probably wasn't built... Like, the, the people on the front line probably weren't built for taking a hit from a giant hammer yeah. fist. <laughs> yeah, but, like, business, the way business is, like, built, she can really She's, handle herself. It, it's like World War One when tanks were suddenly yeah. introduced. It's like, oh, that big hulking yeah. monstrosity is very difficult to take yeah. down. I do like that kind of um, equating... The idea of Gan and Bismuth are basically just two giant tanks. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I, I really wish Bismuth had stayed around longer and hadn't had to be rebubbled because mm. she would have been such a good person to have around for Stephen. Because there's this one line she says here. Um, where is it? You don't have to be like Rose. You can be better. Be yourself. Yeah. She really tries to hit home this idea of like, look. Don't try and be someone else just because that's what you're expected to be and what you're told to be. You mm. can be anything. You can surpass her by being who you want to be and yeah. not trying to fit into a pre-assigned mould and you'll be better for it. Yeah, because, I mean, it's something that Stephen is struggling to deal with for a very long time. Yeah. And right here he gets a really positive message about it, but... It's a shame it had to come from someone who he's going to have to pop and bubble yeah. shortly. Oh, um, well. So, we go down to the forge. Bismuth made Rose's sword to cut down gems without shattering them. Yeah, I like this. The idea that... So, Rose's sword was specifically built to be a non-lethal weapon so Mm. that she could go around cutting gems down. And, of course, the thing that I shouted in the last episode is, of course, if... Rose's sword doesn't shatter gems. How did she shatter pink diamond? Probably <laughs> didn't do it. Probably didn't do it. The whole thing you know, like, the only thing that can that can break a diamond is another diamond. Yeah, like um, blue diamond in the trial 
I mean, we're jumping ahead, but she yells out, it was a sword, but this sword, Rosa's this, sword, this cannot sword do it. This sword can't do it. It physically cannot have shattered yeah. Big Diamond. Uh, this, Rosa's sword was designed to be the ultimate weapon for a fair fight. Yep. The breaking point <laughs> was the ultimate weapon when you're fed up of fair fights. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Like, are, you, are you tired of this war? Are you tired of, like, you know, having a fair fight? Do you want to just, like, end this war? Yeah. Murder away! <laughs> With the breaking point, you don't have to worry about enemies reforming. Yeah. Don't just poof. Destroy so, them! Bismuth seems pretty convinced that Stephen will understand what Rose did in this. This urge to shatter your enemies and to, you know... Win the war once and for all on those terms. Yeah, Bismuth doesn't see herself coming from an unpopular position. Yeah, she's she like, thinks she thinks that Stephen will be on board with this straight away. Yeah, like, this is the righteous, correct point of view to have. Uh, like brought up in the Lonely Blade anime during this episode, yes. <laughs> if you had a weapon of ultimate power, why wouldn't you mm. use it? It's a wonderful piece of foreshadowing. To, oh, look, it's, it's, the TV yeah. shows that they watch often foreshadow what's going to happen yeah. and it happens here again that Lonely Blade finds like the ultimate sword but it's an evil sword yeah it can't use the evil no. ultimate weapon uh, Stephen refuses to use it and the way I don't have the wording here but the way that he refuses and basically says like hey we shouldn't be trying to win on mm. these terms is exactly the same way that Rose previously said it to Bismuth and I think it's important to note that in Bismuth's head this was maybe like 24 hours ago that like it, she's gonna remember that Rose said this the exact same way word for word verbatim because this was like a day ago in yeah, her head this was yesterday that we had this conversation and now we're yeah. having it again and at this moment Bismuth stops believing that Stephen isn't Rose yeah it's kind of understandable like she clearly doesn't understand what Stephen quite is. And as you we were saying, if she's thinking, okay, hang on, we just did this a day ago. She's like, okay, yeah. okay, you're pretending. You're, you're pretending. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I think had she had more time on Earth before this interaction to take on board Stephen and be like, look, this is what Stephen is. This is what's going on. Stephen is his own distinct mm-hmm. person. This might have been okay. Yeah, because she doesn't seem to have any malicious intent to the other Crystal Gems or to Steven when she thinks yeah, he's someone else. It's when, like, she's not... I think it's really nice that she's not going... She doesn't plan on punishing Steven for his mother's mistakes. Yeah. Like, his mother did something wrong, but it's like, you're your own unique, different person. I'm not going to punish you for that. Until she thinks, oh, you're Rose putting on an act... Yeah. And she's just like, right, you, you know, you lied to, to you didn't even tell them who I was, etc. I'm very angry. I'm going to shatter you. Yeah, because Bismuth reads what happened in a different way than I think Rose intended. Yeah. Bismuth seems to see this as like, You'd... what you did was so flippant that you didn't even bother telling people what had happened. Yeah, as opposed to like the way I wrote it down, which was Rose lied about... Bismuth in order to protect her legacy. I agree. This, this idea of I think at least part of it was I don't want the other gems to think badly of you when they think back on you. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I see it as. Like, but, I don't want the other gems to be let down by this is who you really were. This is what you yeah, wanted to do. There is something more to it perhaps though which I think there's also the bit of 
she was afraid to tell them in case they said, yeah, sure, let's use Bismuth's weapon. Yeah, I think part of it is Rose thinking, like, I have made this decision for the team. I'm not giving anyone else a chance to agree with In her. case they side with yeah. Bismuth, yeah. I mean, quick aside, I guess, like, do you think anyone else would have agreed to the use of it? Um, the gems as we know them today, I don't think so. Um, like, you offer that to the gems today, they'll say no. Mm. In the middle of an ongoing war where they're losing countless of their friends, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I think had Rose brought it up, they might have said yes. Stephen bringing it up, there's no way they'd have said yes yeah. now. Like, I feel like Pearl might have gone along with it in the war, because what we see our Pearl from that time period... She's not exactly very independent. Yeah, she'd and have done whatever Rose wanted. Yeah, if, if Pearl was like, you want to win the war, this will win the war. Okay. I could see her yeah. just going along with it. Uh, last episode, we talked about the spike bubble technique oh, that yeah. Stephen develops that we were like, does this ever come up again? Yes, it comes up in the Bismuth yeah, episode. Very quickly. like yeah. He floats again as well. Which, he's not really pointed out. He just does yeah. it. He loses his flip-flop, but he does, he does. float. There is a um, casualty to floating. There's a bit of fight, and the basic thing is Stephen wins. He's got um, he's got Bismuth on the ground, and yeah. Bismuth has the hollow point pointed into her gem, and is begging to be shattered. Yeah, it's quite dark. Moment. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is just if, if she's convinced that this is Rose, or at least someone very much like Rose, and as such, she's going to get popped and lied about and forgotten again. And she'd rather just be shattered rather than stay in a limbo where no one knows what happened to her. Yeah, I think it's like a respectful thing, almost. Yeah. Like, just like, shatter me and have it if done you, with If you're going to put me away from the world where no one knows what happened to me, at least, like, make it permanent. Yeah, so it's like, it's on my terms then. Yeah, and Stephen refuses. Bismuth takes this opportunity to attempt to shatter Stephen, and Stephen stabs Bismuth through the chest with a sword... Accidentally, it seems. Like he... I, I think it was a deliberate oh, self-defense okay. move. I thought that this was, Bismuth is lunging at me, I know this sword won't shatter her, stab. That's interesting. I read it differently. I read it that Bismuth is coming and without thinking, Stephen just summons the sword and accidentally impales it's, it's a, on it. The, the sword is a physical item. I think he, he didn't use it unless he physically picked it up and put it in position. Yeah, he didn't point. accidentally summon a sword. I don't know. That's that's my thinking anyway. From his reaction, I feel like he didn't mean to. Just I, thinking I, about a minute ago, like he yeah. threw the rock at Bismuth and literally said, Bismuth, look out. Yeah, but there's a difference when like she's begged to be shattered and then tried to shatter him. Situations have escalated. Like this isn't going to end unless he stops Bismuth yeah. and... I don't know. I, I felt like his response was more, I knew I needed to do this, but oh gosh, I did it. Yeah. And just like, not surprise, but shock. Okay. If I, I, if I am that. explaining yeah. that well. Um, and Bismuth's last word, Stephen promises to tell the gems what happened. Mm-hmm. And Bismuth's last words are to say, you really are better than her. And this is really meaningful because, like, we had... What was the example? Um, we had Garnet previously praising Stephen, like, his healing oh, ability. Corrupted like, gem. Yes, centipedal. Yeah. Partially uncorrupting centipedal and being like, not even Rose could do that. Yeah. But this is somehow different. This is Bismuth making a character judgment on Stephen and saying, you 
are a better person than your mother because you manage the same thing as her of defeating me, but you're going to give me the dignity of at least honesty and being remembered. Yeah, it's an enormous compliment that I don't think yeah. anyone else really gives in this way, ever. It's something that I don't think, like, really s- sinks in quite how big of a thing this should be for Stephen, this idea that, like, you did something morally superior to your mother here. Mm. And um, no one else is around to hear it either. Yeah. So Bismuth pops, Stephen kicks the breaking point into the into the lava... The gems quietly listen to Stephen explain what happened, and they all just quietly thank Stephen. Like, there's no anger about this. It's yeah. just, thank you for letting us know. I like that when he comes yeah. through the portal, they look very concerned, because he looks physically injured, and they, they rush over to him to see what's wrong. I do yeah. like that It's the immediate concern isn't, where were you? It's, are you okay? Yeah, and they they seem very understanding and willing to trust his judgement that what I was offered was immoral. I took the judgement to destroy this weapon. I popped her. I'm telling you this. My mother lied about these things. And that they're not angry at him for any of this. They're just, no. thank you for keeping us looped in on what mm-hmm. happened and letting us know. Giving them closure. Yeah. It's quite an intense thing for a child to have to explain to the Guardians. So that's everything I had down for episodes 98 and 99, Bismuth. Did you have anything else you wanted Uh, to mention? The one thing I did have was something that we talked about earlier. Uh, Not earlier, in the other mysterious missing episode. Um, That Bismuth mentions that these spires were made for thinking. Oh, yes, Which yes. I find interesting, because the Homeworld Society often seems very military-focused, very expansion-focused. Like, but... this could be military strategy, but I didn't take it that no, way. Either. I very much took it as, like, philosophers. That's, like, this is yeah. a philosophy tower where yeah. the great thinkers come exactly. to Exactly, I imagine, like, the ponder. Greek kind of, and they're all, like, Yeah, the Greek circle. pantheon. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, they're all just sat around, like, hmm, yes. It's like, hmm... Do we have a moral right to destroy yeah. planets? Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, I think we do. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's cool because it implies a kind of class of gem, maybe around Sapphire's level, like below diamonds, but worthy of respect. Yeah, the intelligence and thinking and planning and pondering are things to be respected yeah. still like within society. I can't society. imagine a group of rubies sat around in the spire thinking, for instance. I feel like it has to be some other gem we've not seen. You would think. Either that or it's the rubies trying to remember what their mission was <laughs> and why they were there. <laughs> Probably. Uh, what, what are we meant to be thinking in the think chamber? <laughs> uh, so next up we have episode 100, Beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a relatively short one in terms of like stuff that happens. Yeah, there, there are two halves. There is Lapis and and Peridot are cute meat morp mm-hmm. housemates, mm-hmm. and here's the difference between the kindergartens. That's the whole episode. Yeah, and it's like, oh crap, there's Jasper at the end. <laughs> yeah. So Stephen and Amethyst visit Peridot and Lapis. Peridot, Peridot and Lapis are watching Camp Pining Hearts together. It's kind of cute. They're on the couch together. Oh, yeah. This is the episode that makes me just be like, they need to be a couple. Yeah. Make them smooch. Yeah. I I think it's going that direction. Peridot asks Lapis to fly them into the barn. Lapis is just like, "Mm, (laughs) 
Now look. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not going to do I, that. I quite like their weird back and forth relationship. It's really charming, and I can't put my finger on what's so charming I, I, about them. I think them. what I like about it is that neither of them seems even remotely exasperated or annoyed at the other one. Yeah. Like, Peridot will, like, say something or, like, do something that seems kind of annoying, and Lapis is just like, hmm, and gives a, res- a denial but then Peridot's not disappointed. Yeah, they, they're just like, okay. both very okay with, like, this is this is what our situation. Yeah, they're very accepting. I like it. Yeah, so, um... Peridot independently comes up with the idea of art because she's trying to create a visual equivalent of music. She learnt about music without ever learning about art and as such is like, yeah, this is my visual music. It's, I call them Meat Morphs. It's kind of a cool and amusing idea because obviously we saw her get taught music like this is music this is how yeah. notes work and like so to her that is her whole understanding yeah of it's art. sometimes things are just pleasing for no yeah. real reason and like to create something that's like pleasing for no reason mm-hmm. is in and of itself a good thing i, I love that she finds the idea of me just hilarious yeah like she, she's just like look it, it doesn't make any sense. It serves no functional purpose. <laughs> I think being an engineer... Yeah, like, she loves this idea of just, I'm going to make a thing without a purpose just because I can. Yeah, it's really cool, because it's another idea of, like, gems breaking out of their role. Like, yeah. Peridot, the very functional engineer, is now an artist. Uh, my favourite of the artworks that's kind of verifying initially <laughs> is the TV that's just looping Camp Pining Hearts going... I just feel trapped. <laughs> I just feel trapped. With the mirrors. <laughs> With the mirrors the everywhere. Side. And Stephen's like, you know, is this about your deep yeah. torment of being trapped mm. in a mirror, being a prison, a prisoner? She's like, I just like the show. Yeah. She's clearly like, I think she's unintentionally made something very telling. Yeah, I think something subconscious has come but through. But she didn't piece consciously of think about that's what yeah. she was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I quite I also quite like their collaborative project occupied. Yeah, the toilets. It's a bunch of toilets. They shoot water. It's <laughs> ah, so silly. I really is um, is Peridot's old recorder that's like oh. crushed, and Peridot's just like it just makes me feel bad. <laughs> that is half the time my favorite art is the stuff where I'm like I feel bad. I need to feel worse. Yeah, <laughs> like reinforce this feeling. Mm. It's the whole, like, it's basically the entire feeling behind sad music. Yeah, it's the entire, like, that piece of art is like a Morrissey album. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, you feel bad, so you listen to it to match your mood, and then you feel worse. Yeah, but, like, you get all the bad feelings out, and it's fine. Yeah. Um, Amethyst is focused very squarely on beating Jasper. Art is a waste of time. It's silly, it's not getting her towards fighting Jasper. Yeah, we see she's really changed her personality... Like, she's so focused on proving herself, proving that she's better than Jasper, mm. that Amethyst, who previously would have found this hilarious, yeah. is now like, no, this is pointless. I thought of a nice allegory for this. Mm. Um, Amethyst is trying to be the DC cinematic universe <laughs> as opposed to the Marvel cinematic universe. Uh, and let me back okay. like, explain here. I can already kind of see it. She wants to be better than Jasper, but she doesn't want to take the long road there. She doesn't <laughs> want to take her time building up to being better than Jasper. She just wants to jump to Justice League and be like, yeah. see, I, I, I'm better than you. And she's, she's so focused on hitting that goal right now that she doesn't do the legwork that's really needed to get there. What she really needs to do is just sit and make the Aquaman meet mop. 
Yeah, she needs she needs to just make the Aquaman man meet Morp and wait it out a little while. Yeah, and then Justice League will happen in its own time. Yeah, and she will she will kick Jasper's ass with the Justice League if she makes an Aquaman meet Morp first. Yeah, I like I like this <laughs> allegory. Yeah, uh, unless she's try just trying. She saw Wonder Woman and she was like. Well, sometimes you just get lucky and you end up with an incredible film. Just That's know, fair. So. Maybe she was trying to make her Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, we find out that Amethyst was made in the prime kindergarten and Jasper in the beta. Yeah, Peridot is trying to make Amethyst feel better by being like, no, you're from the good place, not the yeah, hilarious you're, you're one of you're place. one of the good ones, not one of the bad ones. Yeah. But what we ultimately learn is that Amethyst was the worst of a good batch, and Jasper was the best of a bad batch. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect way to put it, yeah. yeah. Like, we see, like, Peridot talks about, like, um, how the silhouettes and even the right, um, like, angle. Yeah, are, like, the, they're incorrectly and, oriented. Yeah, it's like a complete mess. Yeah. Until you find Jasper's, where Peridot had never seen an exit hole so perfect, like it was glass the whole way through. Yeah, she doesn't try and hide that this is ridiculously impressive. Yeah. Um, I really love Amethyst's sort of motivation for like her renewed focus on fighting Jasper. I'm going to beat Jasper for all the weird holes out yeah. there. <laughs> I love that, like, it's weird so, holes. It's so sweet. Yeah, because, like, the weird holes being, like, a metaphor for, like, all the kind of outcasts yeah, all and all the people that came and... out a bit wrong and weren't quite, you know, what they could have been. Yeah, I can relate to that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's super sweet. And then they just stumble upon Jasper and there's an army of corrupted gems in jail cells and then Jasper's there and the episode's yeah. done. The end. Next Credits. episode. Yeah, it goes so, like, it's such an abrupt yeah, ending. Like, in my mind, when I was watching this episode, I kind of got confused, because I was like, wait, hang on. I thought they went here in the next episode, because there's all the smoky quartz stuff to come, and I was like, they don't have enough time to squeeze smoky quartz in. But yeah. it just... No, they just, just abruptly stops. stop of, like, oh, there's all these cells with the corrupt gems in, oh, there's Jasper, stop. Yeah. They would never have done something like this in, like, the middle of season one. I honestly think this should have been, much like the Bismuth one, should have been a two-parter, where yeah. this should have been a single 20-minute episode without a break in between. Yeah, or at the very least, do an episode about Meat Mop, like the comedic episode, and then do the episode about the kindergarten. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, it does feel weird, tonally weird, because that's the whole episode we've just done in, like... Yeah, that's it. Five, <laughs> five seven minutes. We're um. like... Hey, meat warps are fun. Found Jasper. <laughs> That's uh, the episode. So 101 is Earthlings, and Amethyst rushes in to challenge uh, Jasper to a rematch. Mm-hmm. Jasper talks... Jasper talks about what I've described in my notes as a genocidal purge of defects. Yeah, she does a very dark monologue. Yeah, she talks about, like, gems that are defective or have changed their form from what... Or, you know, gone outside of their purpose should be purged, that they should be destroyed, they have no place in society. It sounds incredibly Nazi-ish. Yeah. Like, it, sounds, it sounds like the Nazis wanting yeah, to kill gay and disabled people. It's kind of, yeah, what we were It's like, are around. you... Like, are you not what we expect of you? The undesirables. Yeah, yeah undesirables. Yeah. Time for genocide. Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge leap from, like, when we last saw Jasper, but... I think it's the first time we really see her as a character that's obsessed with purity. It's it's the most, it's the most uh, direct she is about this whole 
gem purity yeah. lark. Like, the way I saw it is that the reason she's so into this is because it's the only thing that she has that she can... She feels that she can be proud of. Mm. Like, everyone else has left her. Like, she has no friends. No one wants to fuse with her. But... Look at this amazing hole that she's got, and she's so tall, and she's so strong, and, like, I think that's what she's latching onto, is, like, no, this is why I matter, like, doesn't matter that, yeah. like, Lapis doesn't want to fuse with me anymore, yeah. because I'm really strong. I'm, I am the perfect Aryan gem. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. It's like, I am the perfect gem, and therefore everyone else is beneath me, and I can oh, commit yeah. genocide on them. Yeah, I guess so. There's a little bit of that. <laughs> um, so, Peridot stands up to Jasper, and fails to demonstrate her metal powers. Um, <laughs> yeah, Peridot spends this entire fight like trying to get the metal powers to work. I really like her thinking here that she's like, look, I stepped out from my assigned role and I want to demonstrate now that like I can do things I could never do before because they believed in me and like nurtured my gifts. Yeah, what I absolutely love about this whole exchange is that Peridot is not frightened of Jasper. Yeah. Like, there's the initial frightened moment but then when they actually start talking, Peridot comes out and she's like, ah, oh, look at me, now I do this, she's, I have metal She's powers. so proud of herself. Yeah, it's great because she, she talks about, like, how much she loves the earth and, like, she's changed so much and it's a good thing. She's like, I'm a crystal gem now. And it's really, like, positive yeah. character development. It is, it is really nice to see, like, this as her end point for someone that, like, the end of season one, she was, like, Season one, she was our primary villain for a while, and now yeah. she's like, hey, I made a meat mop. <laughs> exactly, she's got a bow tie on. She's just Oh, her bow tie is the sweetest, yeah. cutest thing. She's great. Um, so Amethyst is adamant she wants to fight solo, to the point that she throws Steven out the way. Yeah. Um, Amethyst uses a flame-spiked flail double whip spin attack and does... Nothing. Yeah, Jasper, like, isn't even trying to, like, withstand this. Yeah. She just stood there, like, like, whatever, this is nothing. Yeah, it's like, Amethyst is, like, whipping Jasper across the face, and at first her face turns with mm. the whip, and then she just stops. Amethyst does, like, all of her things combined into one attack, and Jasper's, like, not even phased. <laughs> she's, she's like, knocked back a little bit, and she's just like, yep, you are nothing on me. There's, like, no illusion here that she has any chance of winning. Yeah, so this is where we get the the conversation about feeling like failures, and I should have pulled this up before we started, but... This is a really good conversation, because of course this is the conversation about Amethyst and Stephen having so much in common, and kind of what they appreciate about each other. Because I love that at this point Amethyst is comparing herself to Jasper, but Stephen's like, no, you're nothing like Jasper. You're you're like me. Like we're the two kind of goofballs that everyone's disappointed in and kind of like want to live up to their potential. Yeah, I've I've got it here, Stephen. Um, oh no, I had it. And now it's gone. <laughs> That's oh, there. It is, Stephen. I can't win. No matter what I do, no matter how hard I work, she came out right and I came out wrong. And Stephen says, that's just what Jasper thinks. She's the only one who thinks you should be like her. Stop trying to be like Jasper. You're nothing like Jasper. You're like me. Because we're both not like anybody. And yeah, it sucks. But at least I've got you. And you've got me. So stop leaving me out of this. And Amethyst says, us us worst gems gotta stick together, right? 
That's why we're the best. And Stephen helps Amethyst up. Smoky Quartz. Yeah, Smoky Quartz. Completely unexpected for me. But it's, in hindsight, it's so well signposted that yeah. the first fusion for Stephen would be Stephen and Amethyst. Like, the last few episodes have just highlighted the similarities between yeah. them over there's, and over There's been again. a huge amount of build-up of this whole idea of, like, they both really share this lack... Uh, this, this feeling that they're not good enough and that they should be something they're not. Yeah, and, like, Pearl and Garnet are kind of on a different level to them yeah. altogether. Yeah, and it's... I think it's just such a beautiful moment for them the, yeah. that, like, that this is the first gem fusion Stephen gets. Like, this is outside of Stavoni. This is the first time yeah. we've seen Stephen fuse, first time we've seen Stephen fuse with a gem. I love that it's an accident as well. Yeah. It's not like they're like, let's try and do this together. It just happens, and they're just like, oh, okay. It, it's the way that a Stephen and Amethyst fusion was always going to happen the yeah. first time was just like a bit of a fumbling accident, <laughs> but... Um, I do, I love the design of Smoky Quartz, though. I love the design of Smoky Quartz. One thing I'll say about initial impressions, her mm. voice is is Amethyst's voice. Oh, yeah. Like, where other fusions generally have, like, distinctly separate voices or multi multiple voices mm. layered together, this one, to me, feels, this is Amethyst's voice. I and that's distracting to yeah, me with Smoky Quartz. I can understand that. Like, I've not checked, but I imagine it's just Amethyst's voice actor. I assume so, but, like, it's... It's one of the few times that I'll grumble and be like, I kind of wish you had a, sl- a distinct voice of your own. Yeah, you brought in someone new, and yeah. Or, or just that. had that voice actor do a, Different voice. a, a more distinctly different yeah. voice. Because I feel like that's what's happened, is Amethyst's voice actor, they gave voice direction to play it slightly different and not different enough. Yeah, you can tell it is different, but I absolutely see what you but mean. It's not Instantly like the, like the, the different pulls, for example, who are all the same um, voice actor. Yeah, they sound completely different. But they different. sound completely different. That's that's my one quibble about Smoky Quartz, but yeah. I love this like asymmetric design. Yeah, um, like very androgynous, which I really like. I love the combination of the whip and the shield as a yo-yo. Yeah, it, like a like big it makes circle so much on sense. the end of a string. It's perfect because like it, it makes sense in terms of like that's kind of yeah. what the two things are stick together. But it, it's a silly, but, goofy yeah, weapon. Yeah, exactly. It's so playful. It it's, it's something that's not too serious. Yeah, um, I love it. It's yeah, such a good character. And Smokey just kicks ass straight away. Yeah, um, I mean, I love because this it goes along with the whole like what we talk about all the time. Fusion is like one plus one equals three. Like yeah. Smoky Quartz is now just like running circles around Jasper. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds in that it's Stephen sort of. Th- I, th- I feel like Stephen has a bit more thoughtfulness to what he's doing, but Amethyst yeah. possibly has a bit more power, and the two of them just sort of. There's that, but also a big part of it, I think, is Stephen and Amethyst both believe in each other and each other's yeah. ability to do things, and as such, they both believe in Smoky Quartz, and there's a lot of belief that yeah. they can do this. That's what I think. Like all this confidence that Smoky Quartz has, it's like it's Stephen believing that oh, you're Amethyst, you've got this, and Amethyst yeah. being like oh, you're Stephen, you always figure something out. You've I, got I this. think more than that, it's Stephen going I'm now Amethyst, and Amethyst yeah. going I'm now that Stephen. Makes sense. Yeah, it's that sort of thinking. I'm have now got these abilities that this other person has. They are a part of me. Yeah. That's perfect with yeah. yeah. So Jasper is fed up with being defeated by fusions all the time and fuses with a corrupted gem. That's a bad idea, That's Jasper. That's a bad move. <laughs> um, the fusion separates very quickly. Yeah. And 
The corrupt... As soon as the fusion ends, the corrupt gem tries to escape. It and clearly does not want to and, be involved. Yeah, and Jasper is trying to force it back in. And this is... I think this is part of the context of why I have so little empathy for Jasper. Mm. Is that, like... I know there are people who try and defend Jasper as not being as bad as, as we we view them, but yeah. viewing this and having this context as well is part of why I'm so critical of her in our, our, our earlier discussions, mm. is she clearly does not understand consent. No, no, Like, she is physically dragging some... Like, a creature that cannot consent and is actively trying to escape this situation and clearly does not want to be here... And she's like, no, I'm yeah. forcing you back in. And that's terrible. It, that's it horrifying. Yeah. It's how, like, this is what I want, so therefore yeah. relent to my strength. Um, I think probably the most telling line from Jasper in this episode is... I know is, when you're going to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why, why does nobody I fuse with ever want to stay? This, this is the line that I almost entirely form my opinion that Jasper is going to be redeemed is from this line. Because I think mm. in that line, although it is incredibly selfish, incredibly malicious, yeah. and it also speaks to an underlying loneliness. It, it, it shows the core of where this character's insecurities come from, is that she feels alone. And yeah, like, she feels like she'll never be as good as anyone else alone, but she's going about trying to not be alone in totally the wrong way. And it feels like if you can get her to see why other fusions work and hers don't, mm. that she could totally be redeemed. Yeah. I, I, it's just... Yeah, I agree. Like, everything about the line to me says that what she really is saying is just, I am alone and I don't understand why people don't like me. And because of that, she's just lashing out. She doesn't have, like, the maturity... To understand mm. how she appears to other people, she she just seems to be angry and just seems to not get it. Like why she, why she, have you all got people? And she doesn't either? understand the fundamental thing is that both people have to willingly go into fusion for it to be a stable, healthy thing. Yeah, you can't force someone to basically you can't force someone to love you. Yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jasper then starts to corrupt. And Stephen wants to fix it. Yeah, Smokey breaks apart because I believe Amethyst and Stephen here have conflicting opinions on what to do. Oh, that's interesting. If you watch, like if you watch that moment when they break apart, Stephen tries to run forward to try and help <gasps> Jasper. Amethyst is like, nope, 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 stay back. So I I, think... I went a different way, but I, I in hindsight think you're totally right. My okay. reading was more that they did, that Smokey Quartz didn't know if they could heal because they hadn't tried it. Okay. And that Stephen knew, like, I can heal, I can do this, and yeah. that's why he tried to break out of the fusion. But I think you've totally nailed it. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, I think Smokey is having, like, two different sides. One side wants to go over and help, the other side's like, oops, stay back, that's corruption. Yeah. That's, that's corruption, really also, this is our chance to win. Yeah, so I think it's that, like, as we always see, whenever a fusion breaks apart, it's because the two people are disagreeing, there's a conflict, and yeah. they can't maintain the fusion. Yeah, Stephen wants to fix Jasper, and this is a callback to when we saw um, what's her face's first mission, Connie. Connie's oh, first yeah, mission. Yeah. This idea that if only I could find a gem, 
soon enough before they hadn't fully corrupted, maybe I could fix this. Yeah, so Stephen is he's obviously thinking at this point, like, I could save Jasper. Yeah, this maybe, is maybe I can do it before this all sets in and is permanent. Yeah. And Jasper refuses. Well, um, what I find really interesting here is we get a little bit of speech from Jasper that yeah. shows how much she misunderstands Rose. I just does not understand the Crystal Gems. I have the speech here if you, Please if you go want ahead. it. Yeah. I see how you do it now, Rose. You want gems after they're worthless. You wait until after they've lost because when you're at the bottom, you'll follow anyone. That makes you feel like less of a failure. Just look at this one. You've stripped her of everything. Her limb enhancers, her status, her dignity... How can you side with Rose Quartz? Why protect this useless shell of a planet? And it's this whole thing of just... She completely sees what Rose does as manipulative. She sees it as a means to an end. She sees Rose as waiting for people to be at their worst so that she can be like, right, haha, you obey me now. Whereas Rose... I'm pretty sure if someone in the Crystal Gems was like, look, I'm walking away, I don't agree with your cause mm. anymore, and walked away, she wouldn't stab them in the back and be like, no, you disobeyed. Unless it's, it's Bismuth. Well, Bismuth was going to go out and murder a bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, obviously It's slightly like different, but you know what I mean? Is I Yeah, don't, I, agree, I agree. I think that Rose's like, priority is making sure that people can be who they want to be. And yeah. if that means not, you know, siding with her and following her judgement... I feel like she'd be okay with that. But I think that Jasper definitely sees it as you are getting a manipulated army of willing servants by emotionally manipulating people into following you. Yeah, the way I saw it, I completely agree. But like the way I saw it is that Jasper assumes that Rose must have been as insecure as she is. Yeah. And Jasper thinks, okay, Rose must have seen these other gems and seen the flaws and seen the weirdness and exploited that. But yeah. instead, it's the exact opposite. Rose sees the difference in Garnet and is like, this is amazing. She sees yes, potential. So, yeah, it's like something so special, so amazing. Yeah. And then when Rose sees Amethyst, like, worrying about who she is, we see the callback to it. Yeah. Rose is like, no, you're perfect the way you are. There's nothing wrong with you. But when Rose sees insecurity, she wants to make people feel better. She wants to bring them up. Yeah. But the problem is, is that Jasper sees it as her being manipulated. She yeah. thinks she's been... She doesn't see herself as having got herself into this situation. She sees this as a situation that Stephen forced her into so that he could like recruit her. Yeah, I think it kind of ties in a bit, again, to why I think Jasper is eventually getting redeemed, is that I think that Jasper genuinely does not understand the concept of kindness. Mm. Is, and I don't think Jasper understands that kindness exists. I think yeah. Jasper thinks that everybody is out for themselves, everybody is competitive, everyone wants to win, everyone wants to use other people. Mm-hmm. The idea of like wanting someone to be happy is alien to yeah. Jasper. I believe that the first gem that Stephen's going to successfully uncorrupt is going to be Jasper. Yeah. I think they've set that up quite well. Yeah, I mean, we were talking again, like, if... Um, <laughs> I was just thought this is on the, the episode that got deleted. We talked about on the episode, perhaps Bismuth will come back in a moment when she's really needed. And maybe we will have this moment where, like, all the gems across the series that kind of Stephen has gathered up as allies 
we'll kind of come to help. So maybe we'll get Bismuth, maybe we'll get Jasper, maybe we'll get Centipede, like all yeah. working together. So I've I've questioned for a while before whether Centipede or Jasper would be the first one who will get um, yeah, corrupted. And my reason, like, I've, I've gone back and forth a lot of times, but the reason why I've ultimately settled on Jasper is they have Jasper's bubbled gem in the temple. That's true. Centipede is in the ship, happy with the other Centipedals. Yeah. I think that Jasper would be the test case, and after that, Stephen would go and try and heal Centipede afterwards. That's fine. I think the only way that we would see Centipede would be if she came to them. Like, if the mm. ship got attacked or something. Possibly, I can't yeah. see them walking in and being like, well, drag her off the roof and let's see if this works. Yeah, I think that Jasper will be the test case for trying to heal a fully uncorrupted gem. Yeah, yeah um, that sounds right. So, Jasper here brings up Yellow Diamond. I can never forgive you after what you did to my diamond. Uh, sorry, brings up pink diamond. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. we're supposed to like think. Yeah, we're supposed to think it's yellow diamond. diamond. It's yeah. yeah. After what you did to my diamond, Stephen asks, "Yellow diamond?" Thinking that no. she's yellow. Yeah, no, my diamond, your diamond, pink diamond, and this is our first hint at pink diamond because she's never really been brought up before now. No, and in hindsight, thinking about this moment of Rose did something to Pink Diamond revealed here right after we saw Bismuth it's like is there a tie it's, there? Yeah and it's definitely tied in thematically with the next bunch of episodes because yeah. this is where we're about to get that that exposition about what did Pink uh, Rose allegedly yeah. do to Pink Diamond yeah. like that is the theme that seems to run across these is discovery that this weapon couldn't have killed Pink Diamond revealing that Rose killed Pink Diamond, or allegedly mm. did. Like, that is an arc that yeah, goes across it seems this like the batch. subtle meaning, like, underneath all these episodes seems to be about it, it might be part of the timing of why that Bismuth episode is where it is, is yeah. to give you that information of this sword cannot shatter a gem. Mm. Mm. Um, I love that this fight is ultimately won by Peridot's metal powers. <laughs> yes, it finally works. Uh, yeah, wins. she tries to show off her metal powers one more time and accidentally stabs Jasper <laughs> through the heart and Jasper poofs. Yep, there we go. Jasper so, got to defeat... Uh, Peridot got to defeat Jasper and that's beautiful. It is, especially considering how they were both introduced initially. Like, what an amusingly ridiculous reversal of the situation. Peridot wins... Because she d- goes away from her assigned role. Yeah, exactly. And trusts the crystal gems yeah. and becomes more powerful as a result. <laughs> I love that then Amethyst gets Jasper's gem and says, come here, sis. Oh, it's, it's so... It's like such a cute little moment because this is like Amethyst who like an episode ago and in episodes prior is so dead set on getting rid of Jasper. And yeah. I think at that moment Amethyst is kind of like, feels a I, little bit sorry I think for it's her. she sees the loneliness yeah. and she sees some of herself in that's it that's what I think it is I think she's kind of like oh we've, like it's like not... we've, we've both re- we've both responded to it in totally different ways but we're both alone yeah and that's the core of it yep it is really sad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a very well written episode it's, it's, I really like it because I mean that final bit it's it's a single line but I think it says yeah. so much about Amethyst's development of this episode yeah. because it's not like she wins and she's like we did it we destroyed her yeah <laughs> she understands the sombre bittersweet note of what's happened yeah that yeah. this was not ideal this yeah. was not 
entirely a win. Mm. And she sees the similarity between them. Yeah. And that's the last thing she does. Well, you say that that's the end of the episode. The episode actually ends oh. with them going back to the barn and then there's that's some true. rubies and bubbles yep, of water and then cut, we're done. Again, I had totally forgotten. This yeah, episode ends again, it's end. another thing that's like, this is such a weird, sudden, abrupt cliffhanger ending. Yep. The end. The end. And now it's episode 102, Back to the Moon. Yay! Yay. And... Retta's here as well. Hello, Retta. Hello. I teleported in. Yeah, you silently walked in between sentences <laughs> and we definitely didn't pause, wait 24 hours and then record again with Retta. Here. Yeah, this is the same evening that we're still rushing the episode. Of course. This this has been a weird one in we recorded with Retta, lost that recording, re-recorded without Retta, stopped and then added Retta back in. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been a weird recording. Um, so episode 102, Back to the Moon. The rubies are angry. They've been put in time out because they they arrived and were angry. <laughs> That's the whole explanation we get. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, we don't see an exact kind of explanation of what happened. Like, I just imagine they landed and went, Jasper wasn't on Neptune. <laughs> and Lapis just put them straight in yeah. the bubbles. Yeah. It was like, time out. She well, was kind of like, oh, you guys again. I'll just uh, keep you in time out until someone else like, gets here. Were the gems at the barn? Or did like the gems detect it was going to land at the barn? Did Peridot and Lapis panic? As I, I feel like Jas- uh, I feel like uh, Garnet probably future visioned and was like, if we yeah. send them away, this is when they're going to come back. <laughs> yeah. She was there ready for it. I could see that. That's, yeah. that's my assumption. So um, <laughs> the rubies get unbubbled one at a time under the hope that one of them will tell them what's going on. Um, it's amusing that the rubies are clearly presented as quite comical here again. Yeah, they're, they're not, not meant to be taken seriously. Yeah, they're not a threat. Like, Garnet seems to almost find them, like, adorable and amusing. She does, because she's like, oh, can we a cutie to one of them? Yeah. They're a it's... bumbling pseudo-threat that only really poses a threat because they could bring a larger threat here. Yeah, they're not an immediate threat, I guess. Yeah. So, Stephen nicknames all of the, the uh, the rubies based on the placement of their rubies because they are all just technically called ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we commented last time, didn't we? Like, it's really impressive how they all have their own personalities and kind of have their own voice, yeah. and you can tell yeah. each one is different. They're, they're all distinct while having the same voice actor and essentially the same core traits. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they do a really good job of characterization. So um, I have to say, the only one that isn't like named. Because of their gem placement is Doc. Yeah. And that's obviously because he can't exactly call her chesty or booby. Oh, yeah, we missed the last time. Oh, I, forgot I never thought about that. But yeah. That's, yeah, so Dot is the one with the chest, yeah. Ruby. Um, so Leggy, Leggy's unbubbled first, and Leggy just has no clue what was going on with the mission. It's like, I don't know why we're here or what's going on. She gets kind of like shy and nervous. No, no, shy and nervous is navy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's it's leggy. Just doesn't know what's okay. what's gone on. Okay. Um, army is too angry to be reasoned with. Just right. and gets like picked up and put away. <laughs> navy knows what was going on, but is too shy and just kind of blushes away. Okay. Eyeball refuses to talk like a a military prisoner of war. Like oh, I ain't telling you <laughs> yeah. nothing. Not giving anything away to the enemy. Yeah, and and Dot is like the the ringleader. That's like here's why we're mad. Jasper's not on Neptune. Not only that, Jasper's not on any of the planets that aren't her. <laughs> like we looked around, we couldn't find her. <laughs> I, I think we we were discussing off air that 
it, it, you would think it would take a long time to search every planet that's not Earth, but the thing is, is that Earth's the only one with, like, plants yeah. and oceans and towns yeah, and not buildings. Many, like, people on Mars. There's not really places to hide on Mars. No. I imagine, like, I mean, maybe it's just, like, headcanon in something that you're not really meant to think about, but... There's probably somewhere to, like, scan the planet or something. Well, we know there is, because we see on Homeworld scanning for gems. That's a good point. It's probably and a large-scale version Earth of Earth is the only planet you can't do that with, because there are houses to hide them in and, like, humans to shield them. You can see, like, oh, all the gems are in Beach City. Yeah. That's presumably how they knew to come to, uh, knew to, come to Beach City. But the there camps, are too many places yeah. to hide them in Beach City. I like that. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's, that's a good explanation. That's my reasoning of how they were able to relatively quickly yeah. scan. The I, I happily sign up for that. Well, it's that and um, their ships are made to travel really fast anyway. Yeah. So it wouldn't take long but to go still, in between. A lot of There's a lot of things land. to <laughs> physically look at. Yeah. This is true. Amethyst fakes being Jasper. Poorly, but successfully... Yeah. She's better than everyone else's acting, though. It, it's a thing where, like, the rubies are not very observant. They yeah. Kind of just... <laughs> well, it's like when Ruby actually goes in there herself. And yeah, they're like, she's... there's five of us. Wait, one, two, three, four, five. And doesn't count herself. And she's like, yeah. no, see, the numbers are right. Um, <laughs> it's totally oblivious. It, I feel like Amethyst is, like, someone in a tabletop role-playing game who's rolled <laughs> a really good bluff check. In that, like, she's not actually disguised herself well. But the dice don't lie, and yeah, I like, guess I guess they don't see through her terrible yeah, like, disguise. Somehow it worked. Yeah, like, it just worked. It it just somehow worked. Mm. Um, so we have purple Jasper, and this points out the fact that like it suggests that none of the rubies ever actually met Jasper in person. No, but they're aware of her by reputation. Yes, which is interesting. But they've never actually met her. No. Yeah, so, they seem to kind of like really look up to Jasper. They idolise her. Like, yeah, she's, they're she's just like, like a she, war hero. Oh, yeah, it's the Jasper. She, she's the gem on earth that came out perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jasper, Jasper Amethyst wants to stay on Earth to guard the rebel prisoners. It's a relatively good excuse. Yeah, to say like it's kind of a very quick plan, like makes sense. Yeah, it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, like oh, we have to let Homeworld know about that plan. That means going to a base that can communicate with Homeworld. Off to the moon we go with the prisoners. Yeah, it's amusing because it's like. I'm sure if they wanted her, they could be like, let's just poof all the rubies and just be done with it. Yeah, yeah. and that, that is a thought of, like, why not just do... Well, actually, I think there is a reason not to do that. It's if the rubies don't report back, Homeworld might send someone bigger and stronger to, to work out what. Yeah. They need to be able to do, like, timed bubbles. Put them in and let them bubble when they're back towards Homeworld. Well, again, they would say we were bubbled on Earth and then an army would <laughs> Everyone come, come back like, to the, destroy The them. way to get this problem to go away would be to get the rubies to say, yep, there's nothing wrong on Earth, everything's fine, yeah. Jasper's totally okay and yeah. managing things. Jasper just keeping an eye on the crystal gems. It, it is them looking for a more long-term solution than just pop the I rubies so, yeah. and like not worry about yeah. it. Um Pearl over overacts being <laughs> captured. It's amusing. I feel like the others kind of act being caught and go along with it because they feel they have to. Pearl seems to enjoy going she's, along with she's it. She's a theatre yeah. nerd. 
She's yeah. like, oh, woe is me. I have been captured. Whatever will I do with my captors? Yeah. Well, there's, there's a bit like um, a couple of minutes later where she's just like, no. And it's like, unhand out. me. <laughs> like, she gets called out on it. I think Amethyst Jasper at some point comes over and she's yeah, like, please. Like, just dial it down. You're yeah. going a Don't bit overboard. Don't be suspicious. But the others are just terrible at acting. Like, Garnet, she's like, Damn, foiled by none other than Jasper. I, I, I read that as like Garnet doesn't care enough to try. I, I think the rubies don't pick up on it because they don't know humans well enough to yeah. like know what's a sincere reaction. Yeah. They're very bad at observing anything. Yeah. <laughs> common sense. Yeah. Well, they are the brawn, most certainly not the Brits. Mm. <laughs> Amethyst shows some really good quick thinking in this episode. She does things like. When she's asked to fly the ship, she that she doesn't know how to fly. She says, "Oh, I'm too tired." Picks up the ruby, puts ruby on her lap, and is like, "Why don't you do it?" And the other ruby cries. It's like, "Oh, you get to ride on Jasper's lap." And yeah. Ah! That's what I find really funny because yeah. like, I couldn't remember this bit. So like when she turns and looks, I was like, "Oh, she's gonna figure it out." And there's just a tear yeah, in her eye. It's like, just damn. That's not me. Why can't yeah, I be the one? They're so fun-girling. captivated. Yeah, they're also captivated by their like desire to impress mm. and to be the one that gets to impress. Yeah, that they don't <laughs> see anything suspicious. No, no. They are really blind, blinded by their like adoration of the idea of Jasper. Yeah, it's like they've met their hero. Yeah. So one thing that Amethyst did do well when she is pretending to be Jasper, she actually does the pretend gem on her, on her nose. Yeah, she oh, does. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Like, because obviously most of the gems don't have noses. I don't think. Well, they do, but not the, like, prominently. Yeah. Apart from Pearl, who is. Yeah, she nose. has the big B- triangle. Yeah. But um, yeah, Amethyst has actually done the little like kind of diamond shaped. Mm gem for Jasper's nose and I was like that's good attention to detail yeah, I she, think I would have forgotten that I, kind of I shift, think, shift on short notice I think part of it is her obsessing over Jasper as this perfect ideal of yeah. what she was meant to be she probably did a lot of obsessing over what yeah, what Jasper I, looked like because it's what she was meant to look like and they had seen her like what like minutes before yeah this? there is that as well um, plus Amethyst really likes shape shifting so I imagine yeah. paying attention to shapes of what designs is a thing she yeah. does um, we get a little bit of insight into Pink Diamond here and this is the first time the show really talks about Pink Diamond because I think the first Pink Diamond mention was Jasper previously the whole what my my diamond hour diamond pink diamond thing. yeah i think that's the first time there's been explicit confirmation yes. that pink diamond is a character that exists yeah because it, like obviously it's been hinted in the mural we'd seen the diamond that. shape and there was a pink one yeah. but we'd never ha- had a character reference pink no, diamond like we'd heard of blue we'd heard of yellow but i don't think we'd ever heard of pink yeah and we've still fun fact we still not heard the words white diamond actually mentioned no that's a good point it's just kind of been heavily it, implied we know that a white diamond exists because of the mural but yeah. they've never mentioned white diamond no, uh, they have mentioned white diamond have they yeah yellow and blue have mentioned white diamond i believe have they i don't remember that i know that there's a mural of white diamond I swear was, it's been mentioned i don't think we've ever heard white diamond mentioned have you been making it up I don't know. We'll see when we watch the episode. Let us let us Maybe. know. Let I'm... us know, Twitter people. But um, I don't think white diamonds ever been mentioned. Yeah. We see the diamond in the, like the diamond shape. 
and we see a mural of White Diamond in this episode. But yeah, she seemingly has like the up spiky kind of hair. It's almost she? like a crown. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we get some some real information here about Pink Diamond. Earth was Pink Diamond's colony, and judging by this mural, she only had one. It was her first colony because. If you judge, like, how many planets each of the diamonds had based on how many circles there are in their murals, pink only has one. It suggests that this was her very first colony. Yeah. Um, pink was... Pink was Earth's original diamond. The word original is used, which I think is an allusion to the fact that after pink was killed, blue took over, like... Overseeing Earth during the war. Yeah, that seems to be what is implied through previous episodes. There's also hints dropped, though, for way in the future about Yellow Diamond possibly being the one who shattered Pink Diamond. Because Yellow Diamond inherited all of Pink Diamond's soldiers when Pink Diamond was shattered. Okay. Yeah, because Jasper says my original diamond That's the a good pink point. diamond. Yeah, so the reason Jasper's entering into yellow is that she originally entered to pink. Yeah, Yeah. so there, there's a few <coughs> things about that, but it does suggest that, like, Earth and the gems on Earth were originally pink diamonds, and they sort of got divvied up after pink diamond was defeated. Like, the planet was blues, and the soldiers may have been yellows. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. That's, I could see that. Yeah. So, Ruby, the eyeball Ruby saw, or at least says she saw, Rose shatter pink diamond. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, this is the same Ruby that had the crystal gems in front of her and thought they were humans and now has amethyst and thinks that it's Jasper. I don't think we can trust eyeballs. Yeah, this... Assessment. But we can't completely write off the fact that she adamantly says she saw this happen. She saw something. Like, she is a witness that we have to explain, okay, if that's not what she saw, why does she think she saw Yeah, that? I agree. Like, we, there is an unanswered question there of, what did Eyeball see that she thinks was Pink Diamond being shattered by Rose Quartz? Because... Yeah. Like, that's the linchpin of the evidence against Rose Quartz, it seems, is this Ruby saying, I saw it. She could also be trying to impress Jasper. Mm, I got the impression that, from the passion of why she's saying I feel like she's sincere that she does believe she saw it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's making it up. I think she believes she saw that happen. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't even believe this myself, but unless, like, Pink... Diamond and Rose had some sort of agreement to make it look like yeah. she got shattered, and then she actually did get shattered by, say, Blue Diamond afterwards or something. Yeah, there's a lot of potential explanations that come up, particularly when we eventually get to the end of the show as it currently stands with the like the trial and everything. Yeah. But it's just a thing to remember: is Eyeball Ruby, who comes up in that trial and like attests this is Rose Quartz believes she saw Rose Quartz shatter Pink Diamond. And that's Mm. a thing to just, like, we can't ignore that evidence. Mm. Um, Stephen doesn't believe that Rose would shatter Pink Diamond. Um, Bismuth's story earlier in this batch is proof to us as an audience that she couldn't have done it with her sword. 
because as we all discussed, yeah. Um, yeah. her sword was designed to pop like the light projections, but to not shatter. Yeah, it's specifically designed not to shatter, but, so yeah. Yeah. it couldn't have been the it's weapon It's to pop did. them, like, it's basically to neutralise, not yeah. kill. Yeah. The, the rest of the crystal gems, when this is brought up, they, like, almost cry and they look guilty. It it looks like they believe she did this. Yeah, I my reading of that situation is that the reaction from the crystal gems is at least partly because they realise Stephen is hearing this for the first time mm. and they can't say anything We to can't, him. yeah, in this situation we can't stop you from hearing something um, smudges, very... smudges on the fridge I'm sorry, can we just oh, pause a second? Yeah, one second <laughs> Hello, sorry, we're back, that was a bit of a momentary uh, thing, so yeah, I think a lot of it is the loss of innocence to Stephen, um, yeah like, it's this moment of we can't stop Stephen from now seeing his mother in that light. Yeah, because I think they had consciously decided not to tell him. Yes. They could also can't moderate how he is told and what he is told. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think they want to jump in and be like, but, you know, yeah, but but... she did the right thing. Yeah. But, but it's kind but of, it, they don't get that option. No. It takes them like an episode and a half from now to be able to have that conversation and be like, yeah, she did it, but we believe she did it for the right reasons. Mm. And to bro- broach this, like, very difficult topic with him. Yeah. Um, Amethyst sends the rubies to file a report in person because the moon base no longer has a communicator because Peridot <laughs> stole it to contact yep. Yellow Diamond. <laughs> and Garnet smashed the desk yeah. thing as yeah. well. I, I really like the canon... <laughs> Like the things being a continuity, that's the word. I really like the continuity here of Peridot stole something and Garnet destroyed part of the base, and as such, we now have consequences for that in this episode. It is cool, like they're they're going back to the exact same room they were in before. Yeah, like the Rubies want Amethyst Jasper to come (laughs) back to Homeworld, and she's like, No, 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 I have to do stuff on Earth, but I really trust you all, and. (laughs) You know, you can do me this solid, right? And they're all just like, you trust us that much? Sure, yeah, (laughs) we'll do it for you. Mm -hmm. And Amethyst almost pulls this off. The rubies are back in the ship. It's all perfect. It's fine. She untransforms because it's quite strenuous to do. And... Why? I can't remember. Why does the... Do you want to lift home? Oh, do you want to lift home? And suddenly, oh... It's revealed, yeah. (laughs) I I love that she's still, like, amethyst-sized, and she's like, I'm still Jasper! (laughs) She tries so hard to bluff them one more time. A desperate attempt to be like, it might still work. There's no harm in it, because they do seem a bit, uh, a little bit less than attentive. Here's the thing, I was just thinking now, like, is, do do the rubies have a good point here? Because... Let's say the rubies just flew off. How did they get home from the moon? Um, There's no warp pad up there. Hope that Lion <laughs> comes to get them? Like, surely there would have been the moment where it's like, bye, rubies, bye. Uh, oh, we're on the moon now. Hmm. Um, there's the potential option of, um, like, I'm trying to think, how could they communicate, how could they contact, could they fix the base enough to contact Lapis? And be like, Lapis, can you fly up and get us? <laughs> I mean, maybe, but... The... I, they'd have had to hope for Lion to come, I think. Yeah. Or bubbled and, like, got... <laughs> Push. 
<laughs> well, I think, like, had they bubbled... Garnet and, and punching. Mm. Yeah, one of them punches the bubble. So Stephen has, like, an atmospheric re-entry and comes down like a comet. Yeah, because if, <laughs> like like if, if, if you can get Stephen back to Earth, he can go get Lion and Lion can come pick That's them up. Fair. So there were, there were options. I guess. None of them were good no. options. Oh, Smudge. Has Smudge gone on back on We can leave her. Like, yeah. Okay. Our, cu- uh, our cat is exploring the top of a cupboard. She's never been up there. We've been we've lived here, like, what, seven or eight months? She's never been up there while we've been watching. Mm, that's true, actually. Yeah. She's just having an explore, I think. <laughs> are you okay up there, Smudge? What are you sniffing around at? <laughs> Sorry. We're all just watching a cat on top of a cupboard while we are meant to be podcasting. It's, it's hard to look away. Like, I'm really on edge. Like, what's she going to do? <laughs> She'll be fine. Okay. Should I just close the door so she's not a distraction? <laughs> is, is this like a, if we can't see her, she's technically okay. not injured? Here's the thing about cats. We're just going to take a break from Steven Universe to talk about cats. Sure. Cats love being high up. Mm. And it's a legitimate thing about cats. They love being high up because they have the ability to see a lot more of what's going on. It plays into hunting instincts. It's... They like having a top-down view of a room. Yeah. And as such, cats just like being on top of stuff. But if you've never seen a cat do it before, it can be quite nerve-wracking to be like, why is the cat up there? Yeah. It's like, it's fine. Cats will do that. They'll be okay. okay. I just, I've, I've seen Smudge make decisions before that um, she has then regretted. When she was an outdoor cat, she used to like climb on top of the roof of our house. Okay. And she was fine. That like, reassures Cats me. have pretty good senses of balance and like they can fall very high distances and still be like I landed yeah. fine I'm like an Olympic gymnast that's good because obviously for the entirety that I have known Smudge she's been very uh, ground bound yeah I'm going to say lazy but I like I like your wording better yeah and for the majority of the time we've known Smudge she's no. been a bit too fat to try and that's true. get too high up she was three times her current weight when she uh, joined <laughs> us in the old house and now she's a skinny yeah. mini so um yeah, the, the rubies turn back and they discover that, like, this wasn't Jasper and they prepare to fight. And Stephen, without really thinking, opens the airlock on the moon base. Mm-hmm. And Stephen and the rubies are knocked out into space. Yep. Yep. And there you go, at the end, Stephen dies. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, I get Stephen's idea is basically just suck them out into space. They can't really do anything mm-hmm. out there. But he doesn't really think about... I am a human. <laughs> That's the vacuum of space. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure they could have beaten the rubies in a yeah, one-on-one fight. I think in that case, if they were just going to knock the rubies out into space, they might as well have just... Because the rubies all combine into, like, the big ruby. Yeah. I'm pretty sure... Uh, what's the three gems fused together? Fusion? Uh, Alexandrite. That's Alexandrite. Alexandrite could have destroyed yeah, that ruby. I think so. I'm I love how sh- you just stared at me, Mia. Yeah. You're like, I don't know, help. <laughs> Mentally blanking today. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Sardonyx could have done it. Sardonyx Probably. could have taken them down. Yeah. Mm. You know, Sardonyx did a good enough job hitting them out into the airlock and knocking them back into five separate rubies. Mm. Probably didn't need to open the airlock Probably to do that. So, um, and if they'd have all formed into one giant gem that we haven't seen... <laughs> Stephen joined in as well. Yeah, oh, that, then it would have been technically that's gonna five be, on that's five. That's going to be fighting the diamonds territory, I think, <laughs> when Stephen fuses with Alexander. Yeah. That would oh, be cool. Oh, God. I'm just picturing like an eight-gem fusion <laughs> now where it's like Everyone. Alexanderite... Plus Stivoni, plus uh, Peridot and Lapis, yeah. like that. Mm. 
We'll get that one just day. Just throw everyone in. Like, Jasper can join in. Yeah, just, just fuse all of the gems. It'll Lass. be great. Oh, my God. Lapis Charlie has Lass. to go in, too, though, so she can fly them all in her giant body. Yeah. Um... So yeah, this episode ends with Stephen like bubbling himself as he's knocked out into space, and we go straight into the next episode. Because I have to just say, the last note that I have written on this episode is "Bye, Stephen." Bye. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, th- this this is another like this batch of episodes has been so go to go to go to go to go episode 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 episode. episode. Just roll straight into all it. of them end with direct cliffhangers for the next episode. Yeah, like you could basically see the end of these episodes as just like the ad break between. Yeah. Like, one huge episode. I'm pretty sure you could have the six episodes we watched here be two episodes. Yeah, You have one two-parter and one four-parter. Yeah. I agree. And yeah. that would totally be justified. Yeah. Now, this is the bit where I'm vamping because my, like, computer laptop screen has done a weird thing. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's like, I'm sure it's still working, okay. but the screen's just, like, done something, so... Yeah, there we go. We are still recording. It's okay. fine. We're recording, but we can't see that we're recording. So yeah, we just well, trust that it's happening. Yeah, okay, we're going. I need to buy a new laptop. This is a thing. Um, I I hopefully have some money coming in soon, and I'm buying a new laptop because this one is dying. That's um, okay. We're all par, so we all understand. Yeah. Episode 103, Bubbled. Stephen is drifting off into space in a bubble. The bubble... Bumps into eyeball. That's the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, like, this episode is very... Another one that's, like... It's a really good episode because a lot of it is tone and pacing and, mm-hmm. like, spread out interactions between these two people that, you know, have this really big issue between them that they need to resolve. Mm-hmm. But not much really happens. It's no. not a things are happening episode. It is an episode that is good... Because of the way it handles tone with the very sparse number of things. Yeah, because like if you ignore the final sixty seconds and just put those aside, the whole episode is basically Stephen is either monologuing on his own, or he's talking to Eyeball. Yeah, That's the it. whole thing is just we're in space. I wanted to find Rose Quartz. Oh, I'm Rose Quartz. Bit of a fight about that. Let's. I'll bring you in. I'll push you back mm-hmm. out. It's, it's really not much that actually no, happens. No. But um, Eyeball wants closure. She wanted to face Rose Quartz herself because it's understandable. The, the way she sees things, her diamond, the one who she served, was killed by Rose Quartz, and she believes she saw it happen, and she wants closure. She wants to face the person that killed the person she served. And that's an understandable motivation. It's similar to Jasper in that this is very personal. Yeah. Stephen very quickly admits that he's Rose. Mm -hmm. And he's not instantly believed, but he's like, look, here's the gem. I know what happened to Rose Quartz. I am her. He gets his phone out. He's like, look, look, resemblance. Yeah. Ruby's dubious because it's like, oh, is that gem the right colour? It's like, you're looking at it through a pink bubble. Like <laughs> That apparently still doesn't affect photographs, though. Still oh, doesn't affect photographs. <laughs> okay, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let it go. No, never! <laughs> I, I love Ruby's line about like not wanting to believe this um, foolishly, 
Fool me four times, you've already fooled me, and you can't fool me again. <laughs> She's very adamant, like, no, yeah. you've fooled me enough times yeah. now, it's fool not Fool me once, again. shame on you. Yeah. Fool me four times, you already fooled me, you can't <laughs> fool me again. It, it's so adorable. I did like I love it. Um, like, she's so angry and sort of yeah, bitter about it's it. very Ruby. Mm. They, they go through an asteroid field, and Ruby's... Uh, eye, eyeball Ruby's eyeball gets cracked. Yes. Steven pulls Eyeball into the bubble and heals her. He's, he still cares. Yeah. Like... He does it by licking the eyeball, though. Mm-hmm. He doesn't lick his hand like he normally no. does. I'm like, that's just rude, Steven. Well, it kind of... It looks like he's going in for a kiss. Yeah, and yeah. then like, meh, on the I'm pretty sure we've seen at some point that kisses work. Was yeah, it MC they, Bear Bear? Yeah. yeah. So kisses do work. He doesn't have to grossly lick um, them. Yeah, MC Bear Bear and Centipetal. That's yeah. how he did the kisses. Um, but then with... <laughs> Eyeball, he's just like, I'm just going to go in and yeah. lick your eye. So the fact that Eyeball is healed proves, hey, this is this is Rose Quartz, because Ro- Eyeball's like, there were rumours that... There were rumours that Ruby... Could, uh, that, no, sorry. There were rumours that Rose Quartz could heal, and that that's how the Rebellion was able to maintain itself. Yes, because they mentioned yeah. specifically that Rose only had a small band of rebels. But she was able to keep healing her band of yeah. rebels to the point that her small army was able to keep going a lot longer than this large army. I like that, because we can kind of picture an image where lots of homeworld gems are getting poofed in the war, and yeah. Rose's crystal gems are being injured and being cracked and being damaged, but Rose is just healing them, and then yeah. it's the same gems fighting over and over again. It's, it's a great example of why Rose stepping out of her assigned role made her a much better asset to a war than any of the other Rose Quartz's. Because she was able to keep a tiny rebellion just ongoing for so long. Yeah, like a huge army of Homeworld Gems sitting in their assigned roles is not a match for a small band of Gems doing whatever the hell they want. Yeah, Mm -hmm. being unpredictable and powers that no one knew about. Um, Eyeball realises that this is Rose Quartz and tries to kill Steven. Yeah. Uh, we get comical run around the ball in zero gravity trying to stab you montage. Yeah. It kind of looks like a hamster wheel when you've got two hamsters running in a hamster yeah. wheel. And, like, the weapon that like Eyeball creates, like, it's like a ca- dagger? It's quite lethal yeah. looking, isn't it? it? It's like a tiny version of Rose Quartz's sword. Yeah. Because it has kinda, like the yeah. same sloped yeah. edge. It's important to note, Stephen doesn't have the sword in here, because that's one of the things Eyeball asked for for proof, was like, I only ever saw, like, the the sword, and Stephen's like, well, that's back in my lion. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is interesting, because it means that Eyeball has never seen, like, Stephen hasn't gone and said, this is Rose's sword in the presence of Eyeball, because I kind of suspect, and here's a theory, if, if Stephen had been like, here's Rose's sword, Eyeball would have gone... That's not Rose's sword. I saw her stab Pink Diamond and that wasn't the sword she was oh, using. That's a really good observation. That's, that's my theory, is that it's the explanation for, like, why does it look like Rose Quartz did it? It could have been a different sword yeah. used by a different person that wasn't Rose Quartz, because there's only one of that sword. It's not a summonable Rose Quartz weapon. Yeah. I mean, it does make me wonder, like, does Eyeball actually really understand what Rose looked like? 
We he don't know. Is what Eyeball thinks is Rose actually someone else? Well, oh, hello, Smudge. Well, Smudge is now on my shoulder. This is a very interesting recording. Are you just going to hang out on, on me? Hi, Smudge. I'm going to get no. her off this table. <laughs> Hi, Smudge. Smudge, we made a mistake by letting you be in here during recording. I hope that people are enjoying the, the weird cat interlude. Smudge is just like, no, I have ideas, but I can't I'm talk. Gonna, I'm going to stroke her with one hand and read my notes okay. with the other. I'm impressed. Um, That's good multitasking. Yeah, so... While the threats are happening, uh, basically Eyeball wants to kill Stephen because think what Homeworld would think if I came home with like with Rose Quartz's gem. Yeah. She says she would be given her own pearl. She'd be given her own pearl. It's I would go up in status position within society. Yeah. Um, Stephen wonders what would happen to me without a gem. <laughs> yeah, there's a brief moment where he's like, I'm not sure what would actually happen. Because we've had this discussion of like, can Stephen poof? Yeah. He has like, a physical form. What would he be without the gem physically attached yeah, to like, him? Yeah, like would Rose Quartz reform if he were yeah, to die? There's a lot of messy questions. And this line suggests that at the very least the writers have had to question yeah. what would happen. <laughs> there has been a conversation in the writers' room, I am sure, that this is what would happen. And uh, well I love thinking of it as Stephen also being like part of the writers, just being like, uh yeah. I, like, I have yeah. no idea what would happen I, to I me. think this is their way... Um, the, the feeling I got is this is the writer's way of saying, we're never going to do this because we don't know what the hell would happen if we did. So I'll we're just, just never going to write that into the story. I could see it being the very last thing they do. Like, the very last episode is he loses his gem. Like, he dies and refalls And he now has... It would be so... I, I can't see an ending where they take away all of his powers. I could, maybe. Like, I, if, I can't see them doing that as... his mum came back. I can't That'd see be them. Really I can't see them doing that as the last episode where it's like, oh, now you're back to being useless. All of what you've trained your life for is gone. <laughs> well, I was thinking more of like if Homeworld makes peace with Earth or whatever, and it's like he doesn't need the powers anymore, and it's like, well, it doesn't matter because he can. Yeah, just, but I think he, he can still... get married. To I, th- Connie I think and... he would feel unspecial. Maybe like if all the things that he's, I I feel like they couldn't do that as the last. Thing the show did because you'd skip out on like a really important discussion of what does Stephen do with his life now? Like what's well, maybe he goes, what's his purpose without being a gem? He becomes but, first boy as Connie becomes president. Of course, <laughs> that's what happens. We already um, know this is gonna happen. Oh, but it would be so sad though because then they would never be able to be Stavoni again either. Listen, oh. I think there's actually a genuinely cool story to see well, him losing his gem. To be fair, maybe he, they could be Stavoni again because what if? <laughs> Connie's mum is a gem and Connie's <laughs> half gem and, and therefore they can still fuse. True. Well, we've never seen Connie's belly button. Yeah. No, it's in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the roof um, of her mouth. That's so Stephen, That's where her gem is. Would she be roofy? <laughs> in, in order to escape from Ruby, eyeball Ruby, Stephen unbubbles in the vacuum of space, throws Ruby out and rebubbles. This leads into the theory of does Stephen need to breathe? Because if you are in the vacuum of space long, far away from the base where there was conceivably oxygen and you create a new bubble, Yeah, there's no oxygen in that bubble. Yeah. I remember you saying this. Yeah, Retta yeah. brought this up. I was just like, well, surely then he doesn't actually need to breathe because once he then gets inside the bubble, he like well, lets out a big puff of air. There is something to be said for him maybe needing to breathe. It might explain why when he rebubbles the bubble shrinks and he goes into the fetal position and, like, curls up, is 
it might be that he's now trying to survive with next to no air. I was just thinking that was more of him being... Then just kind of accepting the fate that he was likely yeah. to go and die alone it's, in the... It may just be emotional state. He's scared alone and mm-hmm. feels hopeless and that's why he's like curled up and tiny. I kind of took it to be a temperature thing. Like he's just been exposed to kind of the vacuum of space. Yeah. And that's freezing cold. I think mm. at the very least he can't comfortably survive in the vacuum of space. I think yeah. that is signified by his... Go- is part of what the fetal position signifies. Mm. He can't comfortably survive in space. Yeah. And he looks like a baby in a womb, with it being yeah. pink yeah. as well. Yeah. It's, it's baby Steven in the space jam womb. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ruby ship then comes to rescue Steven, and we get a really beautiful wordless ending sequence where, you know... Uh, the song is played. What's the what's the song called? Uh, I can't remember the name. Is, of is the it song. "Love Like You"? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's it's a, like a new version of "Love Like You" that we hadn't previously heard. Um, the gems are talking, but we don't hear any of what's being said. It's just hugs and making sure Stephen's okay and crying and smiles. Everybody cries. Basically. It's yeah. such a beautiful way to end this season because yeah, I think this is. is the end of of the is. season I here. Um, and then we get a little bit of a sort of discussion epilogue the team say that yes Rose did shatter pink diamond but she did it for the right reasons she did it so that they could be free to you know end the war for all these justifications they give and that's it's interesting that they have justifications for shattering a diamond because it leads me back to what we were saying about the Bismuth episode. Mm. If Rose Quartz had come to them and said there is a weapon that can shatter gems, I feel like they might have used it because they're willing to justify shattering in yes, some that's the cases. Thing. The things that they're saying here, is it like to justify Rose shattering Pink Diamond, is it really that different from what Bismuth was saying? It's not that different. The difference, I think, is they would have they would have gone with anything. Like, they don't want to admit that Rose did anything wrong. Yeah. I feel like that's half of what's going well, on here is they see Rose as perfect and they don't want to admit that she did something wrong. Yeah. Isn't there a line, I think Garnet says it, about, like, things are different now or things were different then or something... It, it's something that kind of implies, like, that was wartime. Now it's yeah. peacetime. We wouldn't do that now, but back then... It, it does... It does in some ways justify Rose making the decision not to tell them about the, 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 the breaking point in that she probably was right that if she told them about it... They would have used it. They would have used it. Mm. What do you think? Could that? Bismuth have shapeshifted to look like Rose and shattered Pink Diamond? Mm. I, this, yeah. I have had thoughts about this recently, is the, the question of, did she maybe use the breaking point in response to Rose saying, no, we're not going to use the breaking point. Oh. Was this and is her that re- why was the Gems this... think yeah. that Rose shattered Pink Diamond? So Did she say that she had maybe... after bubbling yeah. business? Was this her revenge for, like, if you're going to tell me I can't use this, I'll prove that this yeah, can end the war. Yeah, prove it can work. That would make sense, because then Rose saying that she shattered Pink Diamond, I've all through... Why is she trying to convince the diamonds that? It seems a bit aggressive. It's but convincing it's, the gems yeah, exactly. that it wasn't that. Bismuth. Yeah, I just thought that. It's oh, like, look, it, I've been your leader. You trust me. You know that I do it's what's right. It's protecting legacy. There's but, also part of it that might be based in her being honest, in that she might view it as, 
I knew that Bismuth created this weapon and I didn't stop her. I didn't throw it into the lava. Yeah. I didn't stop her using it. It's my fault. It's like, I may as I, well have. I may as well have. The only uh, discrepancy there is Eyeball says she saw it happen with a sword. Blue Diamond insists it happened with a sword. The breaking point is not a sword. No. So the breaking point doesn't seem like it was the weapon that did it. Mm. So... Again, it could still be something that Bismuth made. Well, though. Bismuth there is a blacksmith. The, could she have hit yeah, it inside but she, a sword? She very much implies that the breaking point is the one weapon she made that could shatter a gem. But she true. never talks about another weapon. Well, because I, I was just thinking, like maybe because we know that she can make extensions for weapons. It's not outside yeah. the possibility. Mm-hmm. She maybe disguised the breaking yeah, point that's what as I was a sword. Yeah. But at the same time, if the reason she's doing it is to make a point about the breaking point. <laughs> to make a breaking point. Yeah, to make a breaking point. Then why would she hide the fact she's using it? Yeah, that there are some definite questions, but I think it's interesting to think about that possibility. Yeah, I mean, it could, it could, it could be even if it was a bismuth, it could have been someone trying to do it for Rose and being like, "Look, now the diamonds are terrified of you. They think you did this thing." Yeah, and Rose just accepted the blame yeah. of it. It's it's a possibility, but um. I like Stephen's ending line in this. Thanks for telling me. Yeah. Like, he's not, at this point, distraught about what his mother did. He's just... He's glad that they were honest, and he's glad that he knows the information now so that he can make an informed decision about how he feels. Yeah. And this is a thing that's come up time and time again in Steven Universe, is if you tell Stephen all the information, he can make more informed de- uh, decisions and choices... About how he feels and how he should act. Yeah, he has the maturity to handle this stuff. Yeah, and I think it's it's important that he understands this is a more complex view of your mother so that he can understand what that means for him and his place in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we need to trust Stephen's instincts more. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's everything I had to say about this batch of episodes. Anything Same else we'd here. like to add? I don't think so. That's me talking slowly while I reread my notes. (laughs) Well, in that case, that's it for another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. Uh, Hopefully this episode went up on the correct day. Maybe a bit later in the day than it normally does, but it hopefully went up on the right day. If At worst, this went up a day late, because yeah. we had a very <laughs> weird busy week. But, yeah, uh, like, we'll have had our very busy long weekend when people are listening to this. We will be uh, getting home and like collapsing to just cocoon for a few days. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, thank you very much for listening. It's time to do self-promotion. Mia, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, where can, where can I be found? Um, I'm on Twitter at omiagod. I'm on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Violet, where around the time this episode goes up, there's going to be a video, it's like 20 minutes to half an hour long maybe, of me and Retta talking about uh, our relationship and how it evolved through my transition, mm-hmm. because that's something people wanted to hear, so we have recorded that. Um, where else am I on the internet? Uh, oh, I have a website, miaviolet.com. Oh, and if you want to email us, because I haven't plugged this in a couple of episodes, <laughs> it's hello at crystalclodcast.com. Yep. Uh, Retta, where are you on the internet? I'm super Retta pretty much everywhere on the internet. Ah. Uh, in lieu of, of self-promoting myself this week, I'm going to be promoting something that we've been trying to do as a household. Oh, good idea. Yeah. 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 Uh, as a household, we're currently trying to help a homeless person get permanently off the street. Mm-hmm. And if you can either share the link or donate, uh, we currently have a crowdfunding campaign at 
youcaring.com forward slash homeless B, just the letter B. Um, anything that you could do in terms of either sharing the link or donating would be super appreciated. We're trying to help someone in a very bad situation to get long-term back on their feet. Yeah, so. and it, it turns out that's uh, kind of difficult to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing everything we can, but like any help and support you can offer would be yeah. super like, appreciated. Just to kind of be open, if anyone's like wondering how things are going, like he now has... We initially got him shelter for two weeks. Now he has shelter for a month yeah. as of like yesterday. So like short term... Thank you to everyone that's given money because short term it has already made a huge difference. Yeah, he's he's been able to get off the streets for a decent amount of time, have a bed, a uh, roof over his head, food. He's been able to sort of get new clothes and stuff and have yeah. a haircut mm-hmm. and get shaved. And he's he's doing a lot better already, but we're trying our best to make this permanent, to make yeah. this something long-term and stable for yeah, him. because, like, this would be incredible if, like, instead of just being, like, a holiday or a break, we can turn this into, like, a new start for his life. Yeah. That'd be amazing. We're doing everything we can to get him a stable new start, yeah. so any help you could give would be super appreciated. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. We'll have another episode for you again next week. Thank you very much. Bye.